So, no, I am not dead. I am alive and well, breathing, conscious, all that. Well, I guess actually, I mean, I could be in a coma for all I know. I don't know. I could just be dreaming, but... Um, yeah, okay. So anyway, back to being on topic. Um, welcome to Deputies of Christ. Uh, this is another bonus episode, which means that it is no intro, no outro, no editing, just me rambling, and I get to get off topic, and you have to listen to it like that. So, ha. Okay, so, um, I'm first off, I'm going to apologize about the irregular shows. I haven't put a show out in like two weeks, and I'm sure some people are wondering why. If you don't follow my Instagram page, you have no idea. Uh, because that's where I announce things like this, but my work schedule totally changed last week with very, very little notice, and so I have had, like, no time to prepare and record shows. Um, so I'm still working on that. It's still coming, but it's just going to take some more time, and I'm not quite sure what my new posting schedule will be or publishing schedule. I still want to be around once a week, but honest to goodness, it may have to fall to once every other week so that I have a week to produce and put out and a week to prepare because I have like not much time in the week to do this. So, okay. But with that out of the way, um, there is some cool news that goes along with this show. Let me fix my mic here. Okay. Uh, cool news that goes along with this show is after, I guess that would be two weeks ago or two, almost three now that I did my interview with the sheriff's office. Um, and I was in the first of two weeks of interviews, so I knew I wouldn't be hearing back for at least another week and a half, and I was not expecting for two weeks. Um, and this is into week three, so it was just getting to the point where I was kind of going, eh, I want to hear from him now. Because the way, I don't I don't know if I explained this, the way that this works is after everybody goes through the interviews, you know, they hired, let's say they have 25 people they're interviewing, which I think is about what they did. Or I'm sorry. No, it was a little higher than that. But anyway, they have X amount of people they're interviewing. They give everybody a rank based off of their interview and their test scores. And then the next step is the polygraph test. And so if they're hiring 10 people, they'll take the top 10, 12 people from that list, bring them in for a polygraph test. And then a couple of those people won't pass. Say they have three people that don't pass and they need three more to fill their slots. Then they'll go and take the next three or five and have them come in and take a polygraph test until they filled all their spots. And then they'll tell the other people, sorry, we already filled all our spots. Please apply again later, blah, blah, blah. So the sooner you hear, the better. And like there was no timeline associated with it. For all I knew, I could hear in four weeks time and be like, all right, come in and have your polygraph test. And I would have been in the first round for all I knew. Or I could have waited two weeks and gotten a letter saying, thank you for applying, but we've already filled the slots, blah, blah, blah. So there's just no, there's no timeline that you know of. There's no communication. Um, not like they're neglecting communication. They just don't have anything to communicate. They're still compiling everything. Um, excuse me. Um, but the sooner you hear, the better. So I did hear from them Monday. I got a call Monday morning at work. They said, hey, um, can you come in for a polygraph test this Friday? So that is and I'm going to, so that's happening this Friday at 1230. Um, and that is by no means any kind of a guaranteed job offer or, or anything, but according to that system that, that I was told, the system that I was told of how it works, according to the system that they told me how it works, uh, my grammar's not right there, but anyway, not an edited episode, gotta love it, right? According to that system, uh, the fact that I got called in for a polygraph test means that I'm at least in the upper half of the totem pole or on the upper half of the totem pole. So that's a very good sign. So that's happening this Friday. So that's good stuff. Um, 
as far as what is a polygraph test, some people ask me. I mean, it's pretty basic. I don't there's I don't really know of a way to prepare for it. You just go in and sit down for. And one of the guys I talked to said his lasted like four hours, and they hook you up to a lie detector and they ask you all kinds of personal questions about, <clears throat> excuse me, your personal history and drugs and uh, moral ethical stuff and crime and just basically tell us all your dirty secrets. Let's see if you have anything on you that would prevent you from being a law enforcement officer. Um, so yeah, that's that's happening this Friday. That's all cool, and I, I guess we'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know. There really won't be any like updates or anything to be put out before or after. I don't think because I'm just gonna sit down and talk about myself. So that'll be fun. Anyway, okay, moving on a little bit. So that was the fun, exciting part of the episode. Now into a little bit of actually more meaningful stuff. Um, I wanted to take a minute. I know I've kind of already breached this subject a little bit. But it was a small subject I could talk about, and I was like, hey, I haven't put an episode out in a while. I could do a little bonus episode and just kind of lay all this stuff out. So I thought, hey, why not? So I want to talk a little bit about different law enforcement entities and their uh, couple facts about them, their uses, what their uh, roles are, and then why or why not I'm interested in them. I'm going to go over uh, police, state police, U.S. Marshal, and Sheriff's Department, and I'll get into those four here in a second as to why specifically those. Um but first of all, just a little bit about each one. The police department is set up by the city council, and they're reportable to the city council. Um, they have authority inside the city limits, usually. Sometimes they have authority a little bit outside the city limits. And with most all jurisdictions, I forget the technical term, but it's like a grace zone. You'll have like a couple miles, especially like, you know, um, this county's back up to this county. Counties are familiar with each other. They work together all the time. So if you're pursuing somebody in a chase, you will probably have called ahead and they'll have a cruiser over on the other side in the other county to help you and pick up the chase and all that. But if it starts right on the border and you can't do anything about it, they give you this, these couple mile grace zones where you can still have authority in their jurisdiction, even though you're technically out of your jurisdiction. They give you that temporary deputization, quote unquote, um, for you to work with your authority in their territory. Then they'll have a deputy come and pick up and, and so on and so forth. So, But that's what I mean. They, they have authority inside the city limits and also in certain circumstances it extends outside, but not typically. Um, they enforce city statute, I'm sorry, state statutes, city ordinances and county ordinances, and they are accountable to the police chief who is ultimately accountable to the city council. So there's still an elected official up at the top of the food chain, but you go through an appointed official and those elected official are different branch of government. So it'll, I'll get into that later. And I've already talked about that. So I don't want to jump into that super deep, but there's that. Um, state patrol, uh, state patrol is set up a little differently in every state as far as who sets them up and exactly how they're set up and the branches and all this, but they're a little different in every state. They have, um, traffic enforcement and investigation jurisdiction over the whole state. So that's, that's why the traffic investigation, you know, anytime you have a major highway accident or something like that, or even something that's a little, not necessarily on the highway in town, but is a big thing. They have the process to deal with that a little better than especially the smaller departments will. So they'll help out with that, which I'll get to that also here in a minute. Um, their, another main role for them is dignitary protection. Dignitary. I don't know why I keep saying that. Your duly elected state officials. Um, they'll do protection for that and as well as transportation for that, um, whether it be on the ground or there's actually... Um, a lot of state patrols have aerial units and they have planes and stuff and they'll like fly around the governor and legislatures and all that or le legislature legislatures Legi legislators haha <laughs> there we go i knew it would come to me eventually 
Uh, my brain is totally in one piece, as you can tell. Um, so they do protection and transportation for them. They also do, each one has its own um, investigation slash detective division to run the crime labs all around the state. And then another cool thing that they do is they'll help out smaller agencies with large investigations. So little podunk town out in the middle of, I don't know, West Kansas or something uh, with a to no police department and a total of four deputies do not have the resources to handle a uh, serial killer homicide investigation. But that's when they can go into the Kansas Police Department or Kansas State Troopers and be like, hey guys, we need some backup. We don't have the resources. And then that's where the State Troopers can help step in and help them give their time and resources. So that's actually something really cool that I like about the State Troopers, the way that they can, when asked, step in and really help the other departments, which that's not just State Troopers. I mean, uh, I know where I am. My uh, The Sheriff's Department has the biggest CSI division of a lot of other other than like the um, police department there's some other you know uh, suburbs and slight cities outside of this that's or outside of the main city here that still is in Douglas or in the jurisdiction but they uh, they don't have all the resources and so a lot of times they'll come and ask our CSI to help them out or um, use their expertise and their knowledge and basically just hire their services. So it's something that can happen. It's not just state trooper that does that, but they do it in a big way. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then the state trooper are ultimate or straight troopers are ultimately reportable to governor and state troopers and state police are used interchangeably. If, if you don't know, um, it's pretty common for them to be used interchangeably. There may be some slight difference in them, but I honestly don't think there is. And if I'm wrong on that, it's going to be embarrassing because I'm not editing this. Um, okay, enough of State Patrol. Let's go into U.S. Marshal. Now, U.S. Marshal is a federal department. And the one reason I'm bringing this up, I don't know if I get into this here in a minute, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into it now. As you may or may not know about me, I really don't like any federal departments. Or not any. I don't like most all federal departments. I don't like their structure. don't like how, they're, how they report to other bureaucrats or federal officials. I don't like the large jurisdiction they have and so on and so forth. The one exception I usually make to that is the U.S. Marshal. I don't know if I believe that I, if I support a lot of or everything they do, but it gets down to their purpose and role. But generally, I actually am okay with them and I support. I mean, I, I got to be watching my words here. I I like them and I think they're really cool. And I, I almost, I mean, they're on this list because they were on the options of, I thought about going into us Marshall, not really seriously. I didn't want to be federal. Um, and it didn't fit my life, but they're a really cool department. So they were first formed under president Washington. And I think it was like 1887 or 1884, somewhere around there. I'm sorry, 17. That's yeah, that's the wrong century. Anyway, um, they're reportable to the U S attorney general or they report to the U S attorney general. And their main job is federal court enforcement. So they protect your federal judges. They run the witness protection programs, which, you know, is can be anything from just taking them to the courthouse to disappearing with a witness, making alternate identity and disappearing for six months in the wilderness with them um, out in some cabin in the mountains just to keep them safe, um, which is really cool. That'd be fun. Anyway, um, they protect court personnel. Uh, they transport federal 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 prisoners all over the U.S., uh, they serve federal arrest warrants and they're accountable to the president of the United States. Um, so federal arrest warrants, I mean, are going to be federal arrest warrants, but it's also going to include a lot of your big ticket items, your, uh, your terrorists or, um, I mean, big, 
big gang lords. I mean, anything, any crime lord, just something, anything that would have a federal interest. Anytime that there's something like that, marshals are going to be there. They're typically not going to be by themselves. You're going to have Department of Homeland Security. You're going to have FBI there if it's a terrorist thing. But you'll have U.S. marshals there too. So that's one really cool thing about them is they're, I mean, they they travel constantly. A lot of them do. Um, going from this state to that state, which is one reason why it's really cool because you get to travel, but it's also super, super hard on family life because you're never consistently went home. Um, so that was the main reason that I marked it off my list. But they're cool. I think with some of the stuff they do is cool. It's just not for me. It's one of those things I don't have a passion for it. I just think it's cool. So, And then last but not least, obviously, we have the sheriff's department. The sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer in his county. And they differ slightly from the police and how they enforce. Now, some of these things are the same and some are different. Um, they, like, the city you're in, you know, the sheriff's department has jurisdiction in the city. But anything that, the, and where I am, this is, I'm going off where we are. Anything that the police can do in the city, the sheriff leaves to them. Because there's no reason to have that uh, double need of officers there. They're just covering the same ground. So a lot of your, your traffic violations and stuff like that they're not they they will enforce it but typically the sheriff's department will just leave that to the police department um but their jurist or their roles include um enforcing penal provisions uh enforcing state statutes and then protection of the peace which i mean you're talking um excuse me uh preventing and stopping riots insurrections and also the transport of all who get arrested in such means uh to the nearest magistrate Another big thing they do is court security. They secure the courthouse. So that's that's like the one of the few exceptions, you know. The courthouse is in the middle of the city here, but Omaha police does not protect the courthouse. That's all done by the county. They are responsible for the jail and prisoners, which also here where I am, we don't really actually do that ourselves. The county has, I don't know, the proper term, not least, but um, subbed that out to actually like a private company that takes care of our corrections facility and all that. Uh, but technically, I think that still falls under the sheriff's umbrella. I could be off on that, but that's what I think. Uh, they process all civil papers. They hold records of stolen vehicles and the like that kind of have, they have that registry. They serve all court notices such as evictions. So any, basically any any order that comes out of a court um Deputies have to serve. Police can't serve it. Um, they are in charge of the registered sex offender list. And in a lot of places, they're in charge of 911 dispatch. Not all, but that's fairly regular that they would be, especially in your um, smaller counties. So there are over 3,000. I'm out, I'm out of the list of police or um, deputy sheriff roles now. I'm just back into facts about them. Here's a good picture or mental picture. There are over 3,000 elected sheriffs nationwide. 55% of which employ 25 or less deputies. Just think about that. 55% of which employ 25 or less deputies. There are a lot of small sheriff departments around the place or around the country. Um, that's just interesting. I, when I came across that, I had to read it a couple times and my jaw kind of dropped. That was really surprising to me. Over half employ less than 25% or 25 deputies. Sheriff is the next point. Sheriff is the only law enforcement official who is accountable directly to the people. That is incredibly important. I'm going to bring that up again before we're all done here. Um, there's no lawful actions of a judge or court to direct the sheriff. He is out of the judiciary. This means that there's no 
No other part, no other branch of the government can tell the sheriff how to do his job. Obviously, the sheriff is obeying the laws that legislative branch has passed, and he's delivering prisoner or delivering, um, you know, convicts and everything to the judiciary. But there is nothing that either branch can do to tell the sheriff how to do his job. The sheriff is accountable directly to the people for upholding the laws. And then last but not least, the sheriff, this is a strong statement here, but it's true. The sheriff is the highest government authority in his county, higher, or in his county, higher than the governor or even the USA president. And you have, I mean, you have to think about what this means because that is a pretty strong statement, but it's true. I'm not talking most powerful, but he is the highest authority. He can't make his own laws. He can't condemn people. But when it comes to enforcing laws, he is the highest authority in his county. No other government official has higher authority than him, technically. <clears throat> and then federal departments aren't my thing. I could I could go on into more federal departments. You can get into the FBI, CIA, Department of Homeland Security, but I don't know a whole lot about them, and I'm not interested, so I'm just not even putting them on the list here. Okay, next, and this is my last point for the show, is why or why not do I want to be in each of these departments? Um, first off, police. These are going in, in order of least to most interested. So police, I'm least interested in being in a police department. Why would I be interested in being a police department? I like the train. I like being in a city. I like working in a city. I like the urban environment. Um, I mean, specifically where I am, I've grown up my whole life in this city. I know it. I like it. I want to work here. So I'm glad that I still get to do that if I get into the county in the sheriff's department. But it's not quite the same. You're not you're not focused on the city like you are in a police department. <clears throat> I like the jurisdiction size. Uh, the city is a good size. It's not a small city. Uh, and the, the county is the same. It stretches a little bit larger than the city on all sides, but mainly it's just the city. So I, I like that size. It's not real small, but it's not I mean, it's not New York City with 30,000 plus cops and all that. Um, and I like the, you get a little more action. You get some, some funner, funner calls, more fun calls, whatever I'm supposed to say there. Uh, I mean, I'm a young guy. All the young cops want want a little more action and excitement. You know, we want the domestic disturbances and all that. Well, slightly more dangerous. There's more thrill in that. But you get you just get a little bit more of those action actiony, so to speak, calls than you would in a deputy sheriff and or a sheriff's department. And you still get those, but you're not working in the you know the heart of the city or uh, the not so nice parts of the city, sketchy parts. You 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 don't get to see as much of that. Which, you know, when I grow up and get out of this phase, I'll probably be totally fine with. So, And now, why do I not like the police department? Or do I, why do I not want to be in the police department? Um, I've, I've talked about all this before, so I'm trying to move through quickly. Number one, I don't like the department size. I, it's a big, big department. I mean, hundreds of cops now. Uh, I don't like... I have written here, I don't like a liberal stance, which is a very strong way to put it. I don't like the more liberal vibe you get. It's not as conservative as the sheriff's department, which once again goes from it just flowing from the county, or I'm sorry, excuse me, directly from the city government being an appointed official and pouring out of that versus being elected by the people and being a smaller department. So that's just part of how that goes. Um, I don't like being accountable to a bureaucrat which again, that's a strong way to put it, but it's true. Uh, I don't like the highest official being appointed, not elected. And furthermore, this flows into the next point of, I don't like the separation, or I want more separation between legis legislative and judicial branches. 
Um, just a minute, let me find this note. <laughs> okay, I'm going to break my rule and edit out that like two minutes of silence I just had while I looked up that one note that I didn't finish writing. So I broke my rule. I edited a bonus episode. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, where was I? Department size, liberal stance, um, the one I didn't finish. Oh, being accountable to a bureaucrat and uh, legislative and judicial branches. And this is this being responsible to a judicial branch or to a legislative branch is something that you really wouldn't think of as much because they're really not supposed to be able to make laws. But I mean, you think about city council and police chiefing under it, we didn't really see that much of an effect until really recently with COVID. I mean, we saw, and not even, uh, you go to, let's go to I don't know, New York, they're a fantastic example. We've got mask mandates, we've got vaccine passports, um, other COVID things, vaccine mandates, that all were passed by city officials, and therefore the police department enforced them. If the police department wants to stand up against that, then the city officials can just do away with that police chief and those police officers and get new ones. There's no accountability. Whereas with a sheriff, if a sheriff stands up, they ain't squat they can do about that because the sheriff is accountable to the people, not the higher officials. And that is exactly how it's set up. So I'm sure I've said that a million times, but hey, it doesn't hurt to hear it one more time. Okay, now let's move on to state police. To be honest, I would love the driving aspect of being a state police. I can drive all day. I can drive highways all day, interstate, just cruise. I would I would love that aspect of just being on the road, um, responding to calls, pulling people over. I mean, just it, there's a feeling of independence and freedom in that, which I think would be really cool. Um, I also like some of the training they get, and this, again, partially just goes back to my uh, young, aggressive stance of wanting to have some fun stuff to do, but... Um, they get they get a lot. I've got some friends who are state troopers. They get some fun training. I mean, they get more training on high speed chases kind of things. Uh, they get to work on um, a little more in depth on uh, trafficking, human both human trafficking and uh, drug trafficking and all this. Um, and then they also get investigation of larger crimes or to some extent. It, it depends exactly on what you're talking. But if you have a statewide investigation, that's going to be a little bit bigger than a county or a city investigation generally. So. They get to do, do get to deal with some of the bigger stuff, which is cool. But why would I not want to be there? Once again, I don't like being responsible to the governor. I don't like the governor having his own private army, quote unquote, uh, his own force to uh, enforce what he says. That's not the setup we should have. Uh, I don't like the jurisdiction size. I don't like that's that just gets too big for me when you have that many officers working over that great of a land area who's not elected or and the head of it is not elected that just makes me nervous always um and then i i could keep going but honestly a lot of these reasons are going to go back to police because it's an accounted or appointed position not elected and all this so i'm kind of going to skip all that because i already said that for police third is u.s marshals now first off i, I already clarified that this is like the one federal department that I would consider joining because one, it would be fun traveling all over and getting to deal with some of the bigger ticket items and doing witness protection and prisoner transportation and all this. I think that'd be fun. Uh, it's a little can be a little more dangerous, which is always exciting. Um, you get get to bigger targets. You know, if you're doing federal arrest warrants, that's going to be for bigger things than you would not see on a county scale generally. And then the last reason is it, it has a 
a very defensive role, which I think this, excuse me, <clears throat> living off my coffee tonight. I think that this has to go back to my desire for interposition. That's a very defensive stance. That that that's protection. And I think that because this all has or the US Marshal has largely to do with protection of the court system, I think that's part of why it intrigues me so much is because you're just on constantly on a defensive role. You're protecting judges, you're protecting witnesses, you're protecting courts, you're transporting and protecting prisoners. I mean, you just it all has to do with that defensive. So like it's not exactly the same as in our position, but I think it kind of pulls on my heartstrings a little bit because it's still in that same bubble. But um, and then I guess the one other reason that I would maybe be interested is lots of travel. I love traveling and they get to travel a lot. They're not in the same place for very long, typically. Now there are actually, I, I need to dig in a little more. I don't remember exactly, but there's even some people in local departments. I think there might be somebody. I think there's a couple guys in the police department. I think there's a guy in the sheriff's department. I could be wrong who is basically like a mini U.S. Marshal. He is a sworn U.S. Marshal inside the Sheriff's Department. So anytime that we have, I don't know, say we have a human trafficker who is based and committing crimes in this county, but for some reason is spotted halfway across the country, because he's a sworn U.S. Marshal, if he gets a warrant, he can enact that and move with other departments and be there in that other state when they apprehend him and bring him back. I could be a little rusty on how that works, but I think that's basically how it works. I think that would be sweet. That'd be awesome. Maybe that's something I'd want to do one day. I don't know. But uh, so it's kind of like you're still in the county a lot, but it's kind of like that mini, mini martial taste. So that'd just be cool. Um, as far as why I would not want to be in a U.S. Marshal or you be a U.S. Marshal. I don't like being responsible to the president. Same as governor, same as police chief. You're you're having somebody in the um, law enforcement branch being directly um, responsible to somebody who's, I mean, president's not really legislative branch, but these days he thinks he is with all the executive powers and all the powers that they have, he has taken slash people have given him having having people direct that can enforce these laws directly under his command, I think is a recipe for disaster. Even if we're not seeing it yet, it's potential and I don't want to be there. Also, definitely the uh, jurisdiction is large. I mean, it's the entire country, but also I'm not as concerned about that. Honestly, I'm a little more upset, upset by the amount of jurisdiction that state troopers have than U.S. Marshals because state troopers are out to enforce. But once again, U.S. Marshals are primarily out to defend. You know, they're, they're going and serving these warrants and being there for stuff like that, but typically they're on a defensive. They're protecting, protecting, which is a little less concerning. Um, and then the third reason is I just straight up don't want to work for the federal government right now. I mean, we've seen how much corruption there is in the FBI. We've seen the very unbiblical approach to federal law enforcement. And then we've seen how the federal government really just recently doesn't care about their employees, um, vaccine mandates and the like. I mean, our military is going through a heck of a time. It's ridiculous. All the, all the friends I have in military, I'm talking about things that are going on. I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe what all these people are going through and what the government is trying to do. So anyway, that's a whole different topic I don't want to get off on right now. So last but not least, the sheriff's department. And this is going to be short because you already all know it. 
Um, why? Of course, it's an elected position. And of all these that I've pointed out, this is the only one that is an elected position. And clarify that a little bit, because if you go high enough up the ladder, you know, police report to the city council who are elected. State troopers report to the governor who's elected. U.S. Marshals report to the president who's elected. There is still an elected officer there, but it's the elected officer is appointing this person. And it's not, you know, the governor is appointing somebody in law enforcement. It's not this direct connection. It's tying these two branches together that I really don't like. Um, second reason, it's a smaller department. Um, and I, like I mentioned before, there's 3,000 plus um, sheriffs nationwide, and 55% of them have 25 or less deputies. Much smaller department than your average police department. Um, and then the, this is my main reason. Is just the, the main reason for me entering law enforcement is because I'm driven by the doctrine of interposition. I love that doctrine. I really want, God's put it on my heart to use that somehow. Still not entirely sure how exactly where that's going to lead, but the only door that I can see or the most effective door that I can see to enact that is through the sheriff's department. So that's where I'm headed. It's, like I said, he's the highest law enforcement officer in the county. He's the highest government official in the county. Um, Outside of other, he's outside of other government branches. He's accountable directly to the people, which we are, I already talked about when that, where that, why that's important. Where you see those, those lines like mask mandates and vaccine mandates and stuff that like are technically not really law, but they're executive orders. I'm using quotations here, um, and other agencies are enforcing them because they report to the people who put those out there. But the sheriff does not, because even though they're technically on the books, even though. Typically, it's done in an unconstitutional way. They're technically on the books. The sheriff does not report to the people who put them on the books. The sheriff reports to the people who, if they want to, and they do realize that that is not right, will not submit to that, he's reportable to them, and therefore is going to stand up or should stand up and not just back up the government bureaucrat or government officers who are putting these uh, statutes down or executive orders, not statutes. And I guess that's really it. So I know that was a little bit of a, it wasn't that bad hodgepodge, I don't think. We'll see what it's like when it's not edited. <laughs> I was just having fun with this tonight. It's been a good day. I'm in a good mood. And I'm enjoying my beautiful, beautiful cross-politic coffee. So that is that. Uh, I'm working on the next regular episode. I'd love to get it out next week. I honestly have no idea. I'm going to be out of town in two weeks. So I have no idea if I'm going to get one out before then. I'm going to try because I would hate to go three weeks without an episode. That would be ugh, that'd be rough. But we'll see what I can do. I'll do my best, and that's that. If you want updates on hiring stuff, um, hopefully you'll be getting... I mean, I was told originally they were hoping to have job offers out by the end of April, I think. April, early May. So hopefully that's coming in like a month um, if I do get in. So... If you want news, follow the Deputies of Christ Instagram page. Follow me, Justin Miller, on LinkedIn. Um, or email me, deputiesofchrist at gmail.com with comments, questions, concerns, all that. And with that, adios. Have a good week. I guess it's not really weekend yet. It's Wednesday. So, yeah, I just need to stop blabbing and go away. So, adios, y'all.